You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. I am one part of Star Wars and Scotch. Usually Kevin is here with me, and uh, but he's he's off doing important Rare Drop CEO stuff. Uh, but I am joined by some amazing people. You guys have seen them on the show before. Uh, just to start, I'm going to go right and then down, and then we'll go right again. So we got Soryurism. We had her on the show last week. She's back. Sawyerism, would you like to tell everybody uh, who you are, what you do, and uh, a favorite Star Wars moment? Oh, okay. Uh, well, hi, I'm Sawyer, or Sawyerism. Um, I am a lore-based creator on uh, TikTok is my main platform. I also have Instagram and Twitter. Hopefully YouTube soon. But yeah, I'm mostly on TikTok. I do a lot of um, lore stuff, a lot of weird species facts and uh, Star Wars Legends uh, stuff. Um, and what do you say? A weird, uh, my favorite Star Wars moment? Oh, yeah, gosh. favorite Star Wars moment. Um, you know, right now. Dang, that's a tough one. I would have to say, uh, my my mind immediately goes to uh, Ray's random use of force lightning out of nowhere. That's I would have to agree. That's a really good moment. I like that a lot. And then beneath me, we have Molly Damon. How are you? Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I'm Molly, and I am the other half of this guy (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah we run the youtube channel star wars explained and uh one of my favorite moments of star wars is the ben solo shrug Mm. (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) and then last but definitely not least we have star wars explained alex how are you i'm great thanks for having us of Uh, course always a pleasure (laughs) Uh, yeah, we are uh, a lore-based YouTube channel as well, and we we primarily focus on keeping up with the new stuff that's coming out. So you know, a lot of focus on the Bad Batch and the High Republic right now. But my favorite uh, Star Wars moment is probably the one that made me fall in love with it. Just like as a diehard fan, the first time I saw it, it's the trench run, the Battle of mm. Yavin. I I love everything about it. So, 
lots going on in the Star Wars universe right now, especially in the cinematic world. Uh, a lot of TV shows uh, have, have come out, uh, animated, live action. A lot are in production. So we're definitely going to be talking a lot about that. Uh, Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, we're going to talk about Book of Boba Fett uh, and much, much more. But before we start talking about all things Star Wars, I would like to remind you guys to head on over to uh, GCXEvent.com. Head on over to GCXEvent.com. Make sure that you hit the Donate tab. And uh, while the show is going on, we still have a bunch of amazing streamers that are streaming their hearts out. Uh, for every four hours, we have a new streamer coming on and raising money for St. Jude. And that's going to be going on until Sunday afternoon when we end it with Dr. Lupo. So plenty of time to, uh, to raise more money for the kiddos. Uh, we are past $3 million, which is absolutely insane. So big thank you to everyone that has donated uh, so far. All right, guys, let's talk about Mandalorian Season Three. We ended season two in a really interesting spot. Uh, we have uh, a new owner to the Dark Saber, someone that we didn't think was actually going to be uh, uh, the the one to wield it. Uh, we had a, a, a very interesting cameo. Spoiler alert: Luke Skywalker shows up again uh, and takes uh, our sweet our sweet sweet friend Grogu uh, off somewhere to train. And uh, but there's a lot of questions. We we end that season with a lot of questions, and uh, I'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, where do you think we'll end up in season three? Do you think that this will be more focused on uh, the the what happened to Mandalore? You know what? Where are we going to see with the Mandalorian people? What did the Empire do? Uh, or is this going to go more so in in the the direction of of Luke and, and Grogu? Where do you guys think it's going to end up? I was going to let Molly talk before me because I know she has so many feelings about uh, the kidnapping of Grogu, as she calls it. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Luke came and stole that baby from Den. I, I'll never forgive him. But no, uh, I, I do worry constantly, like, when are we going to see Grogu again? Because that's my number one priority um, at all times. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, I'm excited to see, you know, Den's journey continue. And I do suspect that we might end up going to Mandalore in this season, which would be really exciting to see. Um, I love uh, Bo-Katan, Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan. So I, I hope she's in it a good bit. It's going to be an interesting dynamic with the Darksaber Uh you know, she's going to have to figure out, like, are they going to fight to the death for it? Or are they going to just. I don't know. Okay. Play. <laughs> Here's my issue with that, though, is that she was totally fine with it being handed to her. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. See, I, I don't see that as any kind of plot hole or anything. I see that as something terrible happened to change her mind. And we don't know what it was. Mm. That there's a reason she's not taking it. Like Dave Filoni is heavily involved in the show. He knows what she did in the past because he he was there. He mm. oversaw it. So something's up. There's something that now Bo-Katan is like, I can't just take it. And it was a mistake for me to do that the last time. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really into what they're doing with Bo-Katan because she's been very like, we need to unify Mandalore so we can take it back. And uh, and I'm going to be the leader. But it's like, OK, how much do you? believe in that now that you don't get to be the leader are you able to fall in line behind someone that you might not totally agree with that you say was raised in a cult uh or or is she going to yeah fight him for it 
I just can't see them fighting. Like, yeah, I guess at the end of the season, she's like, oh, we gotta fight for it. But I just, I don't know. I can't... Din will do it. I don't... I just don't... I don't know. I can't see that battle being, like, the epic climax of season three that you know it could be because we you know like though in my opinion that would be an in, a bizarre way to start the season but who knows but i think um for certain yeah i i would venture to guess that we absolutely are going to mandalore and i think that um now that grogu has been kidnapped um he uh it's it's time for din to figure out who he is and whether or not he ends up fighting bo katan i don't think he wants to rule mandalore but i think uh, you know, I think we are going to see a lot of her, and I think, you know, he really needs to address, was he raised in a cult? What is it to be mm-hmm. a Mandalorian? So I think that that will definitely be the central focus. But yeah, I don't know, like, a, a fight to the death between those two, it just doesn't feel right. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it can't just be me who... <laughs> no, and and I think y'all make a great point, is that I think in season three, they need to bring the focus back to din and and like what it is to be mandalore and the actual like what we all assumed that this show was going to be i felt like in season two we saw almost a smorgasbord of all of like dave filoni's characters that he created throughout his entirety of his career at lucas and and now like they're all like and it was it it was them sprinkling in all the new shows that are getting and so like for me i felt like we kind of lost what the show was about when we went kind of like halfway through season two it was cool it was neat to see ahsoka and it was really neat to hear thrawn and like all of this stuff, but I felt like we lost a lot of of the the Mandalore story that I was hoping for that we started to get in season one. I agree and disagree. Like I think season two, I, I enjoyed it more than season one. But yeah, it's it's following the same model that a lot of the animated shows do, where it starts really personal and it's going to open up more and more and more. But I still think it did a really good job of balancing the new stuff with uh, exploring Din's personal journey, and I think that. Uh, losing, not losing Grogu, but Grogu not being around. Like, that was the driving force of uh, him becoming a better person. And I like this idea that are you going to be able to continue to go down a better path without that driving force? And also just the the idea of rejecting, like, this sacred weapon is such a fantasy trope that I like. <laughs> uh, I, I think that watching this journey of, like, this guy who was out for himself... Uh, not really even teamed up with his own uh, covert at the start of the series. Become Why does this keep going off? Uh, <laughs> he becomes uh, Mandalore at the end and leads his people. I think that's a really cool arc for him. Most definitely. And, and Molly, since you feel so adamant about Luke stealing this poor little baby Yoda, um, what do you think is going to happen? Like, do, he was such a driving force for the Mandalorian show. Like, I really feel like the little guy carried that show on his back for a lot of it just because people found him to be so interesting. Like, it was like, man, this is the, the first time we see someone other than Yoda, like, here. And, like, we, we want to know more about him. Like, do you feel like season three we're going to lose that, um, that level of mystery? Uh, I think so a little bit. I, like I said before, like, I think we're going to focus more on Din, more on just his solo personal journey. But it's going to be interesting without him, because a lot of the show is just about their relationship together. And like the two of them kind of learning from each other and teaching each other lessons. So 
he also appeals to the casual fan base i think too like my like my kid has grogu jammies oh like yeah. and and he asks to be put in his grogu jammies he doesn't care about din Djarin or like any <laughs> of that but he loves the cute little green guy right mm-hmm. um so like that's what i'm worried about too is like is the casual star wars fan base that was starting to be created because of this little guy like are they gonna stay intrigued what do you guys think yeah i don't I think don't... we've seen the last of grogu I think, oh. I think, Molly, I think you're good. I think he will come back. It's every night we have that discussion, I'm like, it's fine. He's going to come back. It's okay. Close your eyes. Shh, Molly. Shh. <laughs> yeah. be right here. Uh, well, I keep seeing people talk about this online and, and bring up, like, well, when he does come back, is he going to be in, a, like, a little Jedi robe? And is he going to oh be talking? Does he going to have a little lightsaber? Like... Uh, there's so many possibilities indeed i say no to all of that like i think luke is gonna just <laughs> wow just killing the cute alex come I'm on sorry. dude no i mean he's, oh, what? he's still gonna be cute but <laughs> I, I think luke is just gonna train him to like you know get a get a handle on his emotions and like this idea that you don't have to uh force choke every problem you run into uh because he, he's Why not? Baby. like um, okay <laughs> he, he just needs to be toned down a little bit and once that is uh, under control i think i don't think luke is going to train him to be a jedi i think even though he is a baby like at the age of 50 years old he'd probably be like he's too old and so (laughs) i think it's just more like i'm going to help you with the force because you need it and then i'll give you back that's what i see happening yeah and it's being like more like a like a neutral force user if anything else yeah kind of like ahsoka i guess yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would so, totally agree with that for sure. So, so speaking of of Mandalorians and uh, and and books, we've got the book of Boba Fett. I didn't I didn't know how else to transition into this one. So just books Wallace. and Boba Fett. Um, immediately when I hear when I hear this title, I think of the book of Eli, and I just like that's the movie that comes to mind. And I think of this like post apocalyptic world with people on motorcycles and like. That's what I think of um, where like I, I, I personally feel like this is going to be like the mob boss movie or show that we've always wanted, like the gangsters, like, you know, like the 1920 style or even like the cowboys, um, like that wild, wild west style. Um, where do you guys, where do you guys think we're going to go with this? And do, and do you think we're we, we've already seen rumors that there's going to be multiple seasons? We saw that there was um, there was leaks of photos and, and like on scene sets pictures of people's jackets saying that there is just a season one so they assume there's going to be a second season like do you think that boba fett has enough weight to him now to be able to continue building on a, a new story for for this character and have a multi-season show i mean do you mean wait to him like his new dad bod or oh <laughs> <laughs> okay it was yes. it was really hard in the sarlacc pit and he got hungry he had nothing else to do but eat. So I like the idea that he was in the Sarlacc pit just working out. Like, you know, you get those <laughs> of people like yes. in prison and they're going to like, I'm going to get out and get revenge. And they're just, just working out the whole time. That's what like you get at the bottom of the Sarlacc. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely think Boba Fett has enough uh, pull and attention from even a casual audience to have multiple seasons. I, I have no idea what they're going to do with this because it felt like the Mandalorian, he kind of was turning over a new leaf and was maybe a little more noble than we've seen him be in, especially the comics where they just have him like mowing people down. But 
now he's like helping Finnick Shand. He's helping Din. And then at the end, he just like uh, shoots Bib Fortuna and takes that throne. And you're like, yeah, what is what's his deal now? So I'm I'm intrigued by it. You mentioned Finnick Shand. I'm really excited to see their relationship and mm. to learn. I mean, maybe we'll learn this in um, Bad Batch, just what their history is, like what when their relationship started, how they know each other, how they're going to be moving forward. Um, is she kind of like his right hand man now? Like, that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like you said, with the with the introduction of her into Bad Batch, I would assume we'll see a Boba Fett since he was so involved in Clone Wars. It'd be silly for him not to show up. He's a couple years older now, so I would assume he's kind of a little bit more grown and he, he's he's a little more advanced in the arts of of stealing and thievery. So um, it'd be silly for him not to show up. But I, I wonder, and to your point, I wonder if they do interact at some point before they meet again on Tatooine. Because that, that's when that life debt, I, I would assume, starts is when he saves her when she gets shot. But why, like, like you said, why did he save her? Like, what, what was the connection? There's no reason he just, like, found her. And like Alex said, like, he's out there just, like, mowing people down with flamethrowers and stuff. He doesn't care. So what, what is it? Well, in an interview, uh, Morrison recently said that we were going to see some flashbacks. Um, he said between, like... Uh, what what happens to him after Empire? I think he probably meant Return of the Jedi, because there's a five year gap where we don't know how he got out of the Sarlacc pit or what he did. So, like, part of me is saying, okay, he may have changed over that course of five years to someone who is like, oh, I see someone in the desert who needs help, and I'm going to help them. Or maybe he didn't, and he saw an opportunity to get uh, a new teammate, <laughs> and yeah, like I'll save them, and then they owe me a life debt, and they'll stick around and help me. Uh, I, yeah, I really want to know what his motivations are and where his head's at now. I, I'm not well versed in the Star Wars Legends universe, so I'm going to point to you. You guys definitely know more than I do. So what was Boba Fett like when he came, when he came out of the Star like that? Like, what was the like, how, how did he do it? And then what happens after that? I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I am not my expertise is not njo or that era so if if alex if you have something sure. to add here <laughs> i knew one of you guys so knew it so it, it's it's a little <laughs> it's funny okay he gets out first and then gets onto like a sand crawler and he's lost his memory and stuff and then there's this whole it's this isn't a random comic where han gets onto that sand crawler and it the sand crawler winds up back in the sarlacc pit so Boba that gets out and then falls back into it so that's goofy <laughs> then he gets his memories back and he just kind of like ignites his jetpack which uh injures the sarlacc enough for him to get out he collapses then dengar comes and uh helps him and like nurses him back to health after that he's basically the same he still kind of hates han solo uh, he, I think Dark Empire was maybe the first time we knew that he survived mm -hmm. and shows back up. And he's like still after Han. So he kind of pops in and out. Sometimes he's an anti-hero. Sometimes he's a villain. Interesting. So he just, just crawled out. That, that's, that's still the hardest part for me to just wrap my head around is that he was able to get out of that thing. Well, I like people pointed out that, okay, Din got swallowed by the crate Dragon and then comes back out of it covered in that acid that we saw melt Tuscan Raiders. And it's kind yeah. of a hint that, yeah, like Mandalorian armor can stand up to some some punishment. 
it's fair, but it only covers like vital stuff. There's so much gapage in there. Like, but I guess it explains why he's all burned and stuff. They, they, mm-hmm. they, they did do a good job with his makeup. I thought that was really impressive. Like just how they made him look like he was beat up by that Sarlacc. So one of the, one of the more uh, unknown things when it comes to the Star Wars cinematic universe is the Cassian Andor show. Uh, this one I was not really excited about when I first heard about it. I was like, what can they really do with this character? I feel like they like he he shined in in Rogue One, but that was that was really it. Like, does he really deserve his own show? And the more I thought about it, I was like, man, they could really do some like some like James Bond Star Wars stuff with this character. And the more the more and more I saw like shots from from them like filming, I was like, oh man, I'm really getting excited about this. Um do you, do you guys think that this is this is something that we we are looking like as as a Star Wars community is this is this something that we are gonna want to see more of is is less of the normal uh, Skywalker the typical Skywalker saga show when it comes to like the Force and lightsabers and stuff and are, are we gonna are we really gonna lean more into these these really cool characters that are non I don't want to say mainstream but they're not as popular. Because of like you, they don't they don't use the force. They don't use lightsabers. Um, like, do you do you really do you think like like Cassian Andor and more like him will start to pop up in in the next couple of years? I would hope so. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I, I I'm at I'm at a point in my like fandom where I am like, I I love the Skywalker saga, but we we gotta we gotta move on from that. And I also think that what we have a lot of right now is um. You know, Dave Filoni's characters, we have a lot of Ahsoka, we have Rex coming back in the Bad Batch, we have, um, you know, he's working heavily on Mando, and so we had Bo-Katan, and you know, all of these cameos, and Thrawn is coming back, and whatever. Cassian is not a character that I think any of us would have expected them to expand on, and so I think that, I think we do need this, I think we need, you know, I, I personally love Rogue One, I thought it was phenomenal, and I love Cassian, and he was a fulcrum. He, you could tie that into Rebels uh, to some extent. But yeah, I think we do need more stories that are not oriented around a Force-sensitive character. Because even Mandalorian, you know, Grogu, um, not anymore. But yeah, I think I think we... <laughs> Sounds so Star sad Wars when you say is... it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars is so broad. And like something that I really love about Legends, like is the Mandalorian culture in particular that has nothing to do with Force-sensitive people. Like, there are tons of stories and legends that have nothing to do with Jedi or Sith. And so, yeah, 100%, I want more canon stories like that. Alex, yeah. what do you think that they'll end up... Oh, I'm sorry, Molly. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I was going to say, when I heard about Andor coming, I was actually really excited for it because I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to show, like, how Cassian met k2so i think they said we might not get that until like late in the season or maybe even I think the... they said not even in the first season so maybe not till the second season but i loved k2so so much and i was like oh this is a perfect opportunity to get some more humor possibly yeah. um just like some funny stuff in a show but i think seeing like cassian come into his rebel intelligence uh position would be really cool to see and like uh, see some of the like darker stuff that he's done in his past that he says he's not super proud of um they could get into a lot of that stuff which would be cool have, that's have the they line s- th- that i always go back to 
is in Rogue One where he's like, I've done terrible things. We all have. And that's why mm. we're going to Scarif because it can't just fall apart now. That has to matter. So now we get to go back and see like the not so noble side of the rebellion and the fact that they <laughs> haven't officially announced it. But Stellan Skarsgård said, like, I had scenes with Forrest Whitaker. So Saw Gerrera is going to be in it which just makes perfect sense. And to have that argument of like, we're fighting a good fight, but how far are you allowed to take it before right. it becomes uh, part of the dark side, basically. And like having him butt heads with Mon Mothma and Cassian, or maybe Cassian's kind of like the kid caught in the middle. Uh, I think that's a really fun dynamic. Where in the timeline do, does this line up? Do, do we know? Do we have any ideas? I believe they said five years before A New Hope. Which would line up to right around Rebels. Would it be before Rebels? Just like right around the same time? Just before one. it? Interesting. So I wonder if there's going to... I'm trying to figure out like when they put this in, what, how does it tie into the next show? Because they do the really good job of, of tying everything together now. They're really, they're really trying to find this cinematic flow. Like look at Rogue One and how Rogue One ends and goes right into Episode 4. When, when Rebels ends, it goes right into the, like the end of episode six. And so like they, they do these really, really pretty transitions. So I'm curious to see how they, if you, when you stop watching one, how do you flow into the next part? Speaking of Rebels, I, this would be really a cool opportunity to bring Harris and Dula in. Yes. As a character of the show. Like we got her name kind of like mentioned in Rogue One and she's been in a bunch of different stuff, like in books and squadrons. Uh, so I'm kind of, I've got my fingers crossed to see Hera in that show. She, she, it was, it was really surprising to watch her walk onto the bridge in, in, uh, in squadron. I was just like, I was freaking out. I was like, holy crap. That's so cool to see like a, a character on a TV show. Then just like, kind of like transcend to a, a different medium. That was, that was really neat. Mm-hmm. That's Hera's been in books, comics, animation, video games. So yeah, live action TV show sounds like the next step. I think it would have to be in a later season of Andor because her cell doesn't join until uh, like three years before <laughs> Rogue One. So maybe season one is like five years before and then two is four years. So maybe every year, maybe we get five years of this show. I don't know. That would be insane. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. Just the amount of content that they're planning on pumping out for the next like five years already. I mean, like there's just so many shows like we've got. Obi-Wan Kenobi as well, which is just like the idea of when, when, when this was first announced, when they said an Obi-Wan show could be happening for Disney Plus, I was like, what are they going to do? It's just an old guy sitting on a dusty planet watching a kid. What can they do to make Obi-Wan seem interesting enough that would make me want to watch the show every every week? And I'm still trying like we know we know that Hayden Christensen's coming back and he's going to be Vader, which is really cool. Um, I'm still very much so being a doubting uh, fan. And I just I still have a hard time trying to figure out what is the hook going to be for Obi-Wan? I think there's a good chance it's going to be maybe like one last ditch effort to get through to Vader. Um, I'm also kind of hoping for a, like flashbacks like I. I'm crossing my fingers for Clone Wars flashbacks in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I know, Alex, you've talked about this before, like the idea of Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine, uh, taking his eyes off Luke temporarily. You weren't so crazy about that. But what do you what do you think about where this show might go? 
Um, if I were running it, I think I would go really trippy with it and do some weird force vision stuff. Because, yeah, I'm not wild about Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine. I think he's going to, and that's fine. Like, I'm on board. Uh, but I think that we could explore his training that he does with Qui-Gon to become one with the Force. And that could lead to a bunch of kind of like we saw Yoda go through these mental trials where he has to face his darkest self and his biggest failures. And to see Obi-Wan do that, even if he doesn't technically leave the planet, we could still have a lot of crazy. Yeah, flashbacks or just weird visions in the force that I think would be uh, fun for us to explore. But I think it's going to be a more basic story of like, yeah, uh, in Return of the Jedi he tells Luke that Obi-Wan once thought as you did that I could be turned back. And that doesn't have to mean <laughs> this, but it could be. Although I think that also butts heads with the when we last faced each other, I was but the learner. Now I'm yeah. the master. I think they're just going to like sweep that line under the rug. <laughs> Um, but that begs the question, you know, I think everybody's kind of wondering, uh, when they announced, when they kind of gave us, when they announced that Hayden was coming back, you know, they said, oh, Kenobi and Vader are going to face off again. And I think a lot of people are wondering what that's going to look like, because that is not something that was supposed to happen. Kenobi was supposed to be on Tatooine, like you said, Alex. Um, so I think, um, and I, Force Visions would be a great way to do that, because, you know, Vader had several in which he battled he battled kenobi he battled many jedi um including jocasta new which i think was pretty interesting but um but yeah i think you know that's one question i have what does that rematch look like where does that fall in the timeline are they gonna like how is that yeah yeah i think that's my biggest question from this whole thing I, I like I love the idea of it all being a vision, but I think that uh, the less invested fan might not where if if the whole thing wound up being a vision and they kind of like surprised us with that at the end, <laughs> they'd be like, he didn't even do it. Like, but, <laughs> but I think that raises some interesting questions of like kind of like Inception. Yeah. Like even if it didn't really happen, but you have this emotional catharsis, does it matter? Uh mm. I think that's fun, but that is I, I think, that's a trippy I think thought. Would be mad. Yeah, <laughs> Obi Wan just going on 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 vision journeys out in the middle of Tatooine. <laughs> it's awesome. I think it's far more likely he will go and face to face confront Vader. That's, and, and then again, to your point, like it's it's confusing when you have lines from Episode Four that they haven't seen each other in a long time. Um, you know, he, he even says, I, "I feel a presence that I've I haven't felt in a very long time." So he hasn't. He hasn't connected with them in a very long time. So how do, how do they correct that? How would, how would you fix that? that? That that line to that Imperial officer, he's like, a presence I've not felt since. And then he just walks away and the officer's like, <laughs> all right, bye, I guess. Yes. Yeah, Vader never finishes his sentences. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious uh, as to Liam Neeson saying he definitely was not approached to be in this. Uh, what do you guys think about him not being in it or being in it either way because i kind of hope he is and he's just kind of lying it makes me kind of grumpy because yoda tells obi-wan that he's going to teach him to commune with his old master and so like i was hoping that that would be something that we saw especially after like watching yoda's trials um like it would have been cool to see Qui-Gon walking obi-wan through that because we, we all know that's the end product that he learned. He went through what Yoda went through. 
So like that would that would be really cool to watch come in 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 real life instead of just watching an, an animated version of it. I think as sci-fi fans or just fans of large fandoms, we are kind of we 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 get to a point where we're just we have to take everything with a grain of salt because yeah. you know I used to be big into Doctor Who nobody dies they always come back like and <laughs> stuff like that so I think uh, at least for me personally having Liam Neeson say that I'm just like yeah okay like you signed an NDA whatever like <laughs> I don't true. know I think it's a very high possibility that he appears uh, and yeah for sure he I also totally doesn't agree. look like he's aged at all. So I think he could just grow his hair back and he's good. Yeah. He'll look like he did um, when I was 10. I pulled up a, an excerpt from Star Wars Skywalker, A Family at War by Kristen Baver. And this says, before he and Yoda had parted ways, the old Jedi revealed that Obi-Wan's beloved master Qui-Gon had returned from the netherworld of the Force, manifesting his conscious mind even after death. It took 10 years, but eventually Obi-Wan was able to commune with his dearest friend, res resurrected within the cosmic Force. Why put that detail in there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why so it took put that 10 years? detail in there that it took 10 years, which is exactly when this series is supposed to take place? <laughs> like, it could, you could have just said, it took a long time. No, it yeah. took 10 years. It's very I specific. I absolutely think Liam Neeson is coming. Where's our gotcha button? Yeah. Got <laughs> gotcha. Nice try, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Could you imagine trying to sit in a spot for 10 years? And not hear back from anyone. Hey, are you there? All right, I'll, I'll try it again tomorrow. Like, like that sounds really depressing. Yeah, and it's hot all the time on Tatooine. I feel like that's how Sam Jackson feels because he really, really, really wants to be Mace Windu again, and like, I don't think he's getting that phone call. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. So I've seen some theories on how Mace Windu could have survived from getting Force Lightning pushed out a window. And we even and, and the only reason why this theory comes up is because people use the High Republic as a uh, as the reason to why he could stop himself using the force because they're jumping out of out of spaceships and catching themselves like like Superman. So do you, do you really think they're going to use that level of of detail to use as the reason as to why Mace Windu came back is he used a one arm uh, force push to save himself from becoming pancaked onto the floor of Coruscant? No? We we like saw his skeleton much like we saw Vader's skeleton. I think he was kind of toasted. I think he was dead before he was thrown out that window. That's <laughs> what I thought too. The amount of people that think he's going to come back with like he's like part cyborg mm. and he's just he's almost like a he's full on uh, like General Grievous style. Like I I don't know why people want him to come back so much. I like I know I know in Legends he is like he really is like a like almost like a dark guy. He's he's kind of like in the in between, isn't he? He's like he kind of leans into the dark a little bit to kind of get the job well, done. Yeah, he's got shatter point, so he, which is technically a dark side power, but um, you know, but to speak to the high republic point, though, yes, you have Jedi jumping out of these ships, but they're only doing it from like a few hundred meters at most. You know how many stories like Coruscant has? It's really like, high up. <laughs> it's really high up. I'm I'm not going to say it'll never happen. And the as much as I love Darth Maul's return in the Clone Wars, it sets a bad precedent where it's like you can get cut in <laughs> half and thrown down a pit. Ah, you're fine. You you can come back. Um, Mace, I just think that it would be a mistake story-wise because it's yeah. such a moment for Anakin. Like that is his first decision 
to save Palpatine and join him. And uh, I, I think it would weaken that moment a little bit if Mace Windu came back. But I'd be down for like a Mace Windu prequel or something. De-age Samuel L. Jackson digitally. That would be so awkward the whole, time. <laughs> the whole time. He's just young Samuel L. Jackson. The uh, the weirdest the weirdest thing to me though is just how, like how Star Wars fans to like to the point of like Mace Windu how Star Wars fans hold on to like these beloved characters and never want to see them leave like every, every single character I feel like that we've ever watched die or anything like that is that they hold on tight to them and just like they 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 like overherify them like they're just like these like just amazing things that could never die like Boba Fett like Boba Fett was like I mean like he he had very little screen time but he had this massive following um until he came back so it's just it's always funny to see like how star wars fans just always want to see like that one character come back for like just one more chance one more chance another another interesting show that we're getting which i'm excited for because it brings to life one of my favorite characters and i would love to talk about the the controversy of picking out uh the person to play thrawn but the Ahsoka show is another show in the lineup, uh, but I would love to talk about Thrawn because I just I, I absolutely love the character. I love the books. I loved him in Rebels, um, and I would feel like I feel like I feel like I'm very confident in saying that that is the show that we will see more Thrawn. I think Mithrandir is going to show up in in Ahsoka and not Gandalf? in Gandalf. Mithrandir. Mithron. Mith, <laughs> It's so hard to say. I'm sorry. I'm me, a big Lord of the Rings nerd me, too. So, damn it, Alex, you got me all messed up. Hold on. I can't me, say Mithron. Mithron Niroto. There we go. Mithron Niroto. Uh, do you think we're gonna see him in? Uh, do you think we're gonna see him in Ahsoka? Or like, do you think we're gonna see him in Mandalorian? I feel like that's gonna be Ahsoka is gonna be the show that he's gonna make make his appearance. Ahsoka's hunting for Thrawn. She's hunting for Ezra. Thrawn was the last person to be with him. Uh, so it makes sense to see him show up in uh in ahsoka but uh, a lot of people are very concerned about who's gonna play this character uh and i feel like there's only one person that could that could be him but what do you guys think who do you who do you think would be the the perfect thrawn actor i'm I a mean, fan of lars mickelson I, I say just yeah. i just say keep him he already did the voice i, I think is if you can keep the the voice actor and have them play them in live action Go for it. If we can't get Pierce Brosnan, uh, like a young Pierce Brosnan, I'll, yeah, fine. That will be wild <laughs> if it's actually Pierce Brosnan after that like celebration <laughs> art. It was like Thrawn, and it just looks like Pierce Brosnan. I will, <laughs> I'll love that too. <laughs> I mean, I I hate to be basic, but I really was on the Benedict Cumberbatch train. I just think he's a phenomenal really? actor, and he, I do really, I think he'd play a great comes. Thrawn. I but guess. you know, he did that. He he did that interview, and he's like, "I want to be blue." Okay, okay, don't bleep, bl- don't be blue. Be blue. That's blue. fine. What a, what a uh, but I think I think he'd do great. But uh, no, I mean, I think Lars Mikkelsen is the way to go. Um, but I, I don't think you know. There for a while, there was like a Robert Downey Jr. rumor. Yes, I um, saw that, and I was like, "How does that like, work?" And they painted him blue. Like, and I'm like, "That doesn't even look like Braun." <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I I think that's he's just such a compelling character and such a beloved character, and I don't I don't think we're going to be disappointed. Whoever it is, I think they're going to spend a lot of time figuring it out. Because yeah. Honestly, if it's not Lars, I'm going to flip a table. Like they've like they've mod like he's modeled after him. Like it's like there's there's no other person but him. I feel like in my heart, like it has to be him. 
But where where we leave off with with Thrawn is is very interesting. He he's he's getting sucked into into hyperspace by these these massive creatures. Um, I, I, I still fervently believe that Thrawn is, is so, he's extremely smart. He, every, he's always five steps ahead of you. He always knows it's going to happen. And for Thrawn to allow that to happen to him, I feel like it only happened because he wanted it to happen. And my point is, do you think Thrawn used that as a way to get back to the Ascendancy? I'm currently reading through the Ascendancy books and and I and also at the end of book three in the Thrawn series, he ends up in a very interesting situation with the Emperor. The Emperor is doubting him completely. He's like, I I I still fervently believe you are you are one hundred percent with the Ascendancy. You are not committed to me. Um, and so, do you guys feel like this is this is going to be a way for Thrawn to get back to the Ascendancy, and 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 that's why Ahsoka hasn't been able to find him? What's interesting, I feel like. Book Thrawn and uh, future TV show Thrawn are going to be two very pe- different characters. Really? Uh, I think even animation Thrawn and book Thrawn are very different. Really? Yeah, because Alex, you've talked about this before. Like Timothy Zahn writes Thrawn as, you know, uh, much more of a kind of a good guy. Uh, like he's on his side, uh, but I think he's going to have to be very much a villain. Oh my, okay, hold, wait. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that why I constantly find myself agreeing with what he's doing? Also, no. that, that, smooth, that smooth voice, if you're, well, if you're listening to the audiobook, you I, can't I, say all, no. all of, Yeah, all of it is audio tape for me, so. <laughs> is that really how he writes Thrawn? At, at, so. Oh, no. I mean, so the first <laughs> Legends Thrawn trilogy, he was a villain. A different kind of villain, maybe more understandable, but he was a bad guy and he dies at the end of it. And then I think every time Timothy's on, he loves the character, which a lot of people do. I love the character, but he keeps writing him to be more and more of uh, a, a good guy that maybe went down the wrong path. And I still think that can work just like, you know, he made a deal with the devil, the the, the emperor. Yeah. And that that corrupts him. I really do think that when he comes back in live action, he is going to be a villain and that he's he's basically going to be treated like he was in the original uh throne trilogy i don't yeah, think they're going to do any of this is he good is he bad because for the casual viewer we got that ahsoka episode in the mandalorian and it was a great way for disney plus to be like if you don't know here's ahsoka here's a name drop of thrawn go check out all these other uh episodes of of shows and stuff to know more about these characters because they're going to have their own show and you know she's going to be the good guy thrawn's going to be the bad guy so and most of these the people watching this show have no idea what the chiss ascendancy is so it's going to be timothy zahn's job after the fact like after thrawn has his live action debut and whether he lives or dies then i think timothy zahn is going to come along and write about how oh everything he did was actually in service of the ascendancy and this and that but for the purposes of the show, I think he's just going to be the bad guy. Crap. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I mean, like even in the show, I, because I was, I was reading the books and watching Rebels at the same time, and I just always saw everything that Thrawn did was always for the glory of the Ascendancy. And like, so he was just, he, he did it because he had to. And so I always kind of just put him in just like, just like chaotic neutral. Like he's just like, he's just doing it because he's got to. But like, 
the thought of like the author writing his entire story so that you feel like he is the protagonist the the whole way through is just like i just i just took him i was like i knew that he was doing it because he was a good guy not because he is a bad guy but the the way that his story is told is to make you think that he's a good guy and that just that blows my mind because like because i've come to really love this character as someone who is loyal someone who is obedient but someone who care like is very passionate Right. Like the way he's written about is just like he's this very interesting character. But I, but I don't know how he is in, in, in Legends or in EU. I don't I'm not familiar with that character. Is he the same way? Pretty much. He's pretty similar to that. Uh, eventually, not so much in the original Thrawn trilogy, but, you know, outbound flight, uh, anything beyond that. Yeah, I'd say he's much more relatable, understandable. I still think that in canon, you can reconcile the two. Uh, but most people aren't going to even know that they have to do that. Most people are just going to watch the show and that'll be their Thrawn and that's it. Okay. We don't have a lot of time left, but I do want to talk about Acolyte. What do you think it's going to be about? Cause I, cause I like, for me, like the edgy, like the, the kid who wants to be like the Sith when he grows up, like for me, like that's what I think of when I hear Acolyte, but I feel like I'm going to be really wrong. I mean, I dev it's it's they said it was like a darker show, right? Did they say dark side specifically? I can't remember. Or dark, like people's heads are getting cut off kind of dark. Like Um I I would love to see Exegol in the show, just to throw out like a random location and topic, um, since we don't know much about it. Uh but this is gonna be I guess the tail end of the end of the High Republic era. Right. Potential dark side stuff going on. I think it would be really cool to see what what's going on on Exegol at this point in time. Who's there? What kind of Sith meetings are they having? Who's bringing the snacks? <laughs> Who's bringing the coffee to the Sith meeting? <laughs> <laughs> um, for my part, I mean, I'm kind of like people know me as like, oh, she's the Sith. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm super, super stoked for this and we don't have, yeah, we have stories about Sith within the context of the story of the hero. And, um, you know, this is going to be the first time where we have a Sith story in canon. Um, and I feel like this is expected of me, but I want to see ancient Sith lore that perhaps we know about from Legends work its way into canon. And we've seen, you know, I, I love the High Republic and the High Republic especially has kind of dropped bits and pieces of Old Republic information into the canon timeline. Really little stuff, but like they have alluded to the ancient Sith Empire. Uh, they did in Into the Dark. And so that's my biggest hope. Like, let's learn about where the Sith originated from in canon and what that looks like um, and how that led us to Palpatine and his uh, reign over the galaxy. So, I looked up the blurb. It says, The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. I, I really want kind of like a cat and mouse style story because we know that there's two Sith and they may have acolytes that might be someone different. But I love the idea of like the master and the apprentice. They've been working for like 900 years uh, as a whole order to stay secret, but they have to do something. And it like kind of makes their presence known a little bit. And the Jedi are trying to find them. 
I, I would just love to see almost a chase kind of a story of like, here's some Jedi investigators and the people they're chasing and they're trying to stay secret. Uh, we would know that they ultimately succeed, but I, I think that would be super fun to watch. In my head, I would love to see more Drangir but I want to see them in live action. They're really, really cool. Like this, this, they almost remind me of like the halo, like flood character. Like this, just like this, this, this organic, just like a hive thing. And so like, I, I would hope they touch on that a little bit and, and, and bring it into, into live action. I think that'd be really, really neat. Especially we know that the Sith interacted with them at some point and they, they, they had to suppress them because they were just like this ultimate source of darkness. Like they were afraid of them. So they had to figure out how to suppress them. So I would assume that I would, at least in my mind, when it comes to the High Republic, knowing that we have something that's darker than like the dark side, like that we that that we know of, um, that we've been shown, I would I would hope that that kind of ties in there somewhere. And then we I also did, have did. the the Nihil too. I wonder if I wonder if that has anything to do. We don't really know what what, what they're gonna do during the High Republic window that we get. Um, the more we get into the High Republic, the more I think that. Like, I had these assumptions that, yeah, the Nile and the Dringir would be the big threats of the High Republic, but I'm starting to wonder if they're just kind of a, a red herring or, like, the, they're just the tip of the iceberg and that whatever they do is going to lead to something worse and worse and worse. And that oh. they, they might not even be a big part of the High Republic when all is said and done. That It's like a bunch of different little escalating conflicts instead of just one big one. Yeah. It's gonna have. They're gonna have to do something really interesting, I would say, to like to close up all those stories to get to where we we actually start Star Wars. Do we think that there's gonna be any recognizable characters in the Acolyte, or do you think that it's gonna be just all new stuff? Possible. Uh, it would have to. I mean, it's the. It's a couple. Is it like a hundred years after what's going on right now? Like it's a ways out from like what where we are in the timeline, I think. But I have I've seen this theory that bloated grape storm great storm becomes a Sith. And I don't know how he would have lived that long, but I have seen that theory. So maybe. I don't know. I would break I my would heart. love so yeah, I, I love Loden. So the Acolyte should take place about fifty years before the Phantom Menace. So I would love to see you know, whoever the Sith are at that point. And I think Darth Plagueis would be involved, whether yeah. he's the master or the apprentice at that point. It makes sense to me. I think that time adds up. Mm. Awesome. And I, I've always wondered if we, as far as like the good guys go, if we could see someone like Yoda in that series, because he, yeah, we know at the end of The Phantom Menace that he knows about the Sith. He knows, you know, always too, there are, uh, master and apprentice so i would love to see yoda just kind of like sneaking around trying to figure out like what the sith are up to yep Something all right like guys cool. well we've got like 10 seconds left uh of the <laughs> panel so real quick guys thank you so much for watching sawyerism on tiktok star wars explained over on youtube you can find me here on rare drop thank you guys for watching we'll see you later save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.